Hey, everybody. Welcome to tonight's uh, Late Night Happy Hour here with Brian and Andy Kamenetsky, Kamenetsky Brothers tonight, joined by Jordan Rodrigue uh, from The Athletic. Covers the Rams, covers the NFL. It's weekend one of the NFL season, which is weird. Um, <laughs> kind of snuck up on you, yeah. uh, but it's here. Uh, hey, Jordan, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I uh, I feel a little out of it, not going to lie, because it really feels like, you know, you're at the facilities um, straight through the week during camp and all of that, but it still doesn't quite feel real, right, that there's football happening. I think after last night when, you know, I saw, I watched uh, pieces of the game while I was like, shout out to my editor, Rich Hammond, like super late on filing a piece. Shout out to Rich. We know yeah. he mentioned, he actually yeah. called me. It was like, you know, Jordan was not, not on point. I know. Um, I, know. So. I was so distracted by actual football happening. And I, I texted him at like 10. I was like, Hey, about five more minutes left on this. It's like 1130 was when I filed because there was football on and it was so cool. But so, you know, it was, it was really interesting because after that, you know, going into facilities today, it really felt real. And then I felt sort of like that, like shook Mr. Krabs meme, because it felt like, <laughs> <laughs> it felt like, am I, am I ready for this? And it's almost like if you're just sitting on your couch, which I quite literally was for most of the off season covering from afar. Um, and then all of a sudden someone asked you to go out and run an 800 meter dash as fast as you can. So I'm feeling a little out of it in that regard, but um, I'm really excited. And, you know, I still obviously want to make sure that everyone's safe and healthy. But, um, man, the the happy levels in my brain just go up when I actually get to watch football. So um, that's pretty cool. Well, the, there's a we got a ton of stuff that we want to get into, because uh, to say that if, if the NFL season snuck up on you and you do this for a living, think about what it did for people like us. Um, like, you know, we're doing our, our I mean, actually, we'll talk about this because I texted you during our fantasy draft to get some advice. Um, oh, yeah, I, rem yeah, I so remember we'll, that. Yeah. We'll do that. But we, we want to talk about the stadium. We want to talk about kind of how the NFL got here. We want to talk about the NFC West and obviously the Rams. My first question, though, is like, what what is the process of covering this like? Like, what are they having you guys do? Because we we've all Andy and I have been talking about the bubble in the NBA for the last like two months. But like, how is the NFL doing this? How do you travel? Where are you allowed to go? What is how? Give us the whole thing. Yeah, so um, we had the option of traveling this year with the athletic, but I actually opted out of traveling to the road games. Um, for me, it was uh, something that was not my comfort level with it. Mm -hmm. Just, um, I, I think I feel like I did my part already driving across the country in a pandemic. Yes, you did. Yes, <laughs> you did. No, but really, what it what it is is um, they're not giving any in person interviews, right? So there right. was no, there's no reason to go on the road because there there's going to be nothing in person for access. So normally what you'd really love to do on the road is get, you know, that extra locker room access and really get a feel for the fans in the stadium, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing, none of that's happening this year. So for me, I was like weighing kind of like cost benefit um, in terms of like health being the cost here um, and staying healthy being the benefit. So that's kind of what, where I was at. I was a little nervous to, to be on the road. So does that so mean really essentially the media, media contingent is going to be really small at a lot of yeah. these games? There's a lot of and, you know, there's really no reason to travel. Yeah, well, and, and some people will, and that's fine. It's just kind of a, a preference thing. But for me, I was not, um, you know, the 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 very little what I saw is very little benefit to actually being on the road 
was mm-hmm. did not outweigh kind of the risk I felt in in the act of doing it. So for me, um, everything is going to be so um, you know the, the contingents are are supposed to be really limited. So like Dallas media, it's like this massive beat. Dallas Cowboys have this insanely huge beat of of writers and reporters and multimedia experts and things like that. Well, only 50 people can be in the press box at SoFi. And the beat has like 300 people on it in Dallas, right? When you count up like radio. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really, it's huge. And so it's crazy because then they had to kind of go through like a sort of like a hunger games (laughs) situation (laughs) of picking picking like who's going to be. This is something Brian and I talked about um, before the NBA bubble opened up. Because, I mean, we knew that we were not going to be NBA reporters who would get access to the bubble. Like, we wouldn't make the cut, but, and neither one of us had any desire to go anyway, but there were going to be a lot of NBA writers who wouldn't make the cut, who would be really upset about this. So we saw it as Hunger Games, but what we really wanted to have happen is have the cut process televised. Like, we wanted to see all of the, we wanted to see which writers made it, which ones didn't, and have like have like the whole world. You know like how in the NBA All-Star game, they they have now the selections, you pick your teams, and it's public, and it's supposed to like create tension, that sort of thing. We wanted that for the media. Even if this is so incredibly inside baseball, nobody is going to care except for the, those of us on basketball media. I mean, on basketball Twitter, I should say. It would have been spectacularly entertaining for well, us. Like... A specific audience instead of like actual physical competitions you just get really like passive aggressive tweets right oh, yeah. like who can <laughs> fire off the most passive aggressive snap at each other you know like that would be that would be what it's all about so really your your access to players this year is really just going to live and die like in terms of direct access to players trying to build up any type of rapport with them it's all going to be practice essentially correct um, and games, obviously, because they'll they'll still make guys. So what they do is so we go, we show up, right? And we are in a separate, we're all outdoors at their facilities in um, Thousand Oaks up at Cal Lutheran. Everything's outdoors. The players are outdoors. Media is outdoors. We all have like sections of tents that we're in um, and literally no inside access if you aren't getting tested. So they are not testing media, right? So we have no access to anybody. So, um, and then it's all mask mandatory and sanitizer stations and things like that. Well, so everything we do in terms of interviews is we stand around this big TV. The players are in a room because they're getting tested. They're in a room with a screen that's blocked right on the other side of a wall where we're standing. (laughs) And they're waving at us, right? As we're doing interviews with them on a TV outside of the room where they're sitting. So it's like that wall is there because we're not getting tested. So we don't have any in-person access. Right. And so um, they, amazing. they wrote, isn't that so funny? And, and Jalen Ramsey day, we were on the phone, we were talking with him on, in this space. He opened up his press conference by saying, is this not weird for you guys? And we're like, no, Jalen, it's or weird. They, they like project, project on the back thing and do like little shadow puppets. I mean, Johnny, Johnny awesome. Hecker, Johnny Hecker, the punter, he really likes to mess with us because He'll knock on the window or he'll like wave outside the window and then he'll come circle around the back entrance while we're doing other interviews with players and just like stand behind us. So he's like our Zoom background, but then we're not allowed to get close to him. So. But like, is it is it the same setup though between you and players or roughly the same setup in, in terms of game day 
as well? Like, yeah. like, okay. Yeah. So, so they'll, they'll bring us, they'll bring them out in a rotation. So we'll get Sean and we get coordinators once a week. There's still the same rules apply. Like we get coordinators once a week with Sean every day. Um, we get a certain amount of players every day and we can request those guys. They'll set up one-on-ones if sure. we need them, but it's sure. all I, phone. And then it's after the game, it's all on a screen. All okay. That, what I, yeah. I guess what I was getting at, I didn't, I didn't make it clear when I was asking is, are they always going to be able to see who's asking them the questions and having like that type of interplay? Because we don't currently have that down in the bubble. And and the reason I even thought about asking you that just in terms of beyond just letting fans uh, or viewers right now get an inside look at this, for somebody that's new to the beat like you, I thought that would be really an interesting challenge potentially, just like in terms of how you're going about trying to get to know the players of this team that you're covering. Yeah, so I am the annoying person on the Zooms because I'll say, because I won't, I'm a handshake person. I love shaking hands. When I covered the Panthers, I used to stand out in the mornings at the practice field before anyone else got there and catch everybody as they walked out so that I could get FaceTime with people and shake hands and, um, you know, just talk and talk a little football, talk life, talk whatever with coaches and assistants and everyone as they'd come out to the field for practice every morning. You can't do that here and it's it's crushing. But at the same time, I've found at times goofy ways of making up for it. Um, and so I guess I'm going to share this with you guys now. Please. Too late you. now. Yeah. So I've already started this. So before most of the Zooms, if it's someone who I haven't talked to um, before, I'll say, you know, let's say it was the first time we were on with Michael Brockers. I'd say, Hi, Michael. This is Jordan Rodriguez with The Athletic Los Angeles. I'm new. So nice to virtually meet you. Uh, thanks for having me on the beat. Like just super like over the top just because and then and then you have to make gestures, right? Because you're wearing a mask. And so they can't see actually physically see whose mouth is moving. So, so I'm oh like, hey. you're like oh, over here. <laughs> I'm like, the one. And like if if I'm asking a question and I'm like, so it's a scrum of people, right? And so sometimes you're not like directly in the camera. So like, I'll ask a question of like Sean terrible. and I'll be like, I'll be like, Hey, but that's really what I was getting at and asking you about this. Like, Cause it, it, it's hard. I, I, I was really hard, but like, you know, yeah, the, the difference. Yeah. I mean, but like specifically with you, just because like the difference between you versus somebody like, Lindsay Theory or Gary Klein. Like, if nothing else, a lot of these players who've been there a while, they'll recognize their voices, even if they can't tell who's talking through the mask or anything like that. So, like, this, this is really, I think, going to be an interesting challenge for you. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I will say I thought it was going to be tougher to establish the connections. Um, but I think everyone's kind of in the same mindset where we're all just kind of doing what we can. Um, and so it's been, it's been cool because at this point, you know, they've cycled through much of the roster in terms of the initial zooms and the players, I think have been really, um, attentive to that because they don't want to not know who's talking to them either. Um, it, and it's, it's interesting because I, you know, if I were sitting there and I was fresh off a practice field and someone whose voice I didn't recognize was just asking me a question, I'd kind of just answer it and like tune out. But what I've really seen from these guys is really, like kind of honing in and lasering in to make sure they really are, are getting, especially cause we're standing in a group. So it's almost like the act of like, who's, who's talking right now. 
which is when the goofy gestures kind of kick into play. And then I look like an idiot, but it's well, fine. I mean, Cause I'm like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, we're all just doing the best we can. I'm going to be an idiot sometimes. It just is going to happen. So. And it does leave you the option. If you have a particularly a question that you're not really sure of, or you think might be stupid, just identifying yourself as Gary Klein. Um, and and <laughs> he going never asked there. stupid questions. That's a problem. That wouldn't work. Yeah. He, okay. he never asked stupid that, questions. That is true. He carries on the set. <laughs> Before we get I, the other, the next part of this, because now we, I'm just like, trying to think of who's around the team a lot that asks stupid questions. Now I'm actually really trying to think about this. I don't think anybody. I mean, it's been a really good beat. Oh, there's it's always like, Jordan. There's always Jordan. Like, there's always, there's always somebody. I'm Come the on. one. I'm the one who asks this. <laughs> I'm not asking oh, you to narc. I'm not asking you to narc anybody out, but you can at least acknowledge there's always somebody. There's always some. You Come know what on. I will say, you know what I'll say is really, really funny is um, so in a locker room situation, you'd be writing a feature, right? And I, you guys know my work. Like I love writing features, right, and profiles, yeah. and and so it would take you maybe three or four days of really intense going from locker to locker, private mm -hmm. conversations with players, really digging and having that experience. But it would only take like maybe a week, if it's a typical feature, not one of your like long-term, six month long things. If it's a typical feature over at The Athletic, like it's, you know, three or four days where you're really digging with people at their lockers, right? And in person. And when it's in this format, we only get a certain amount of players a day, right? And so, and like, you don't always get to pick, you can request, but you don't always get to pick. So you will be asking the same like one or two questions about a subject over and over and over and over again. And it's a different person. So they don't know you're doing that, but everyone else on the beat knows mm -hmm. like, here's you there ask are no the secrets. Yeah. And they also put up the, um, they also put up the broadcast after the fact and the transcript and so it's so funny because I've been getting tweets that are like, why the hell do you keep asking about this? And I'm like, trust me, like there's a story coming and I would normally this this would be done by now. It would take like but it's take it takes like three or four weeks to get that specific topic tackled person by person because you don't have that private space. And that's that's really difficult. Um, so, all right. So before we get, we get like nitty gritty into the into the, the division, into the Rams, the other question I had, because we had you on our radio show a little while ago at a time when it really 100% seemed like the NFL did not have its shit together. Like there, you know, there was no CBA, there was no testing program. There was like, it was basically just like kind of, it seemed like everybody was just wishful thinking uh, into the thing. And then camp opens and, the, and there's been very little COVID. There's been very little infections. It seems like things are actually going very well. How did they get from that point to this point and how likely is it that they stay in this kind of good place? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think um, it's really when you're in training camp, that's all you're doing. Literally, if you're a player, you show up pretty much before the sun comes up. You've just come straight from your house. You show up. You basically exist at the facility. You eat breakfast there. You shower there. You get ready to go about your day there. You go to meetings. You're there until then the sun starts going down. You have dinner there if you if you stay late enough. Then you go back home and you're so tired because it's just so much at training camp. Um, and so I think that helps, right? I think that helps players not introduce outside variables into their, into their quote unquote ecosystems that they're mm -hmm. in. It helps keep sort of a semblance of like a faux bubble almost. And then the other thing is um, 
they're not traveling. So I think that's huge. They're not traveling and there's also no fatigue from this. I think as you saw as a society in certain pockets, um, people got the fatigue of quarantining or from being this, you know, taking so much precaution. Well, NFL players have that extra like hyper competitive gear. So it's all messaging of if you don't do this, you're going to mess up our bubble and we're going to lose games. The person who wins the Super Bowl is basically going to be the one who stays the healthiest. And so coaches and staff honing in and hammering in that message, especially through training camp, it's very much like, okay, we're in a tunnel. This is how we're going to win games as we stay healthy. Right. And it's very much that messaging that's been absorbed. Once you start getting guys on planes, traveling from city to city, team hotels, you know, maybe your curfew is a little bit later. Maybe it's not as strictly enforced. You know, once you start doing these types of things, that's when things get really, really complicated. So I think it's it's fantastic that they've done so well so far. And obviously you want everybody to stay as safe as possible. But once you start introducing like, road, you know, air travel, different hotels, um, you know, team dinners in different places, like that's when you start, things start to get really dicey. So I don't think we're going to still see these numbers. Um, be as good as they are right now. So you're you're expecting yeah. some sort of okay. Yeah, but also it's one where if it happens, I think that there are so many now contingency plans for uh, an emergency situation of that nature. And like, you know, it even feels weird to talk about because like you just don't want it to happen in the first place. You just want everyone to be safe and healthy. But at the same time, like if it happens, there there's all these plans now for what to do just in case, you know, all the roster expansion rules for practice squads and different guys who are allowed to, you're allowed to travel your entire team, including your practice squad this year, like all of these different things for a sort of a worst case scenario. And then I'm personally not ruling out sort of a mid-season stoppage. Like I'm just not. Um, I think that's a very, very dramatic scenario of what mm -hmm. could happen, but I'm, I'm not ruling it out because um, especially with college football doing what it's doing right now and sort of trying to figure out what it's going to be this year. Um, I am not ruling out sort of a mid-season stopping point. Well, I remember when we were uh, talking with you for our former uh, show on 710 about uh, the NFL just seeming like they weren't being realistic about the way this was actually going to shake out. Like it, it felt like they were very much projecting all as well. Everything is fine. When you know you looked out the window – the world was not fine, much less, you know, sports in America. Beyond what you were saying in terms of, or putting aside what you were saying about there, there will be some positive tests at some point over the course of the season. Do you get a sense at least that the league is realistic about the way this is going to shake out? Because like baseball, for example, I think eventually snapped into reality. But it seemed like for a while was well, it took like so, twenty seven Marlins to do it though. Right, but, but they, they were also the right, but they were also so consumed with the dollars of it all and the money of it all and the numbers and the CBA and all that different stuff that the actual execution of the season fell to the wayside, and that's why I think baseball started out so chaotic and eventually smoothed out. I think there are similarities in the way the NFL was treating this off season. Like, do you, do you get a sense, though, that if nothing else, they really have, a, I think, a grounded vision of how this could work out and how big an undertaking this is? No. Um. <laughs> that is so not the answer I was expecting. No, and I'll tell you what, I really do have, like, the data to back this up. Like, I really, I'll tell you why. I don't, I'm not giving cre any credit to the NFL on this. I'm really not. 
what where I am giving credit. <laughs> this, by the way, feels like a very open-ended statement for anything with the NFL. I'm not yeah. giving the NFL credit Just for black. Copy and paste that wherever yeah. you want. Yeah, Try, you know, <laughs> social justice issues, you know, systemic know. racism. You know, yeah, all, no, all these different I don't give things that credit. they are trying they, to get in front of. They get domestic no, violence. They nah. get no credit from me. No, but Nor should where they. where I will give them credit. Uh, who the person the, the proper people to give credit to first is the players for taking this responsibility on as their own and sort of helping keep these sort of ecosystems, Sean McVay's favorite word, um, intact. But really what the NFL did is what it always does on some level, which is hide behind its individual entities in some way. And in this case, the, the league itself hid behind every single one of these team doctors who has not slept since last February because they were planning out this ecosystem and all of these football operations people on an individual microcosmic level. The NFL just was like, we'll give you some guidelines. They're going to change every couple of days because they still are changing, you guys. They are still giving them different. The league is not on the same page with the, with the league. And it's really been up to the teams on an individual and microcosmic level to create safe spaces for their players. And that's where I think the credit should go um, because I don't think the league, I mean, the league is like fumbling around in the dark, right? The league came home drunk and can't find the light switch and individual teams. I mean, been there, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to be too no, hard on them for that. No judgment to you there, Andy. Yeah. No, we've all been there, but you know, but, but really, the the individuals within the teams and in this case with the Rams, I'm talking about Sophie Harlan, and Reggie Scott and their team, like they are the ones that have built an entire new planet that now feels weirdly normal showing up there every day, but is so different. And, and like ev that's everywhere across the league is the individuals within the teams who have worked to create these ecosystems while literally not being given direct and um, cohesive strategies from the NFL, like from the league office and kind of just like, all right, we're flying by the seat of our pants. Let's try it. And it, it's so interesting to me because now the league, if it's successful, then the league will go and hide behind all of that. And it's like the shield. And no, I don't, I'm not giving them any credit. It's all, it's all the local, it's all locals support local. Yeah. <laughs> so so you, you mentioned a couple of names. How has this worked with the Rams then? Like what is their, set up like what have they been doing yeah it's it's cool like it's insane but it's cool so um they built a 70 foot tent um on the side of the mountain at which they practice <laughs> so it's like it's it's wild like you you kind of pull around a corner in thousand oaks into cal lutheran's like sort of back lot area where the rams fields are and you just see this like <laughs> behemoth of a tent just like <laughs> looming up over the mountaintops and it's all open-sided. It's got like hand sanitizer stations at every level, massive fans to keep air currents and airflow going. That's where they have their team meetings because you're not allowed to have more than 10 people in a room together. And if you have 10 people, they have to be six feet apart, right? So they've completely converted indoor spaces into small, um, small capacity meeting rooms, although they are larger spaces. And everything else happens outside. Literally everything happens outside. And so they keep, you know, even the even the garage doors to the training rooms, they are kept open at all times because the airflow, what they found and what research had showed was that, um, you know, even in a worst case scenario, because they are being tested every single day and you can't come mm -hmm. in the facility um, without two positive tests in a row and all of that. 
And so through negative tests. Yeah, excuse me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> then actually, then actually prefer you not come in if you have two positive tests in a row. Jordan Rodriguez says the Rams demand their players be COVID positive, or they are not stepping inside the facility. Should I not have tweeted? Should I not have tweeted that? I it's mean- an outside the box plan, but the Rams stand behind it. Breaking. <laughs> Okay, Everyone forget. else is digging. We're zagging on this whole COVID. That's right. Thing. We're going to forget that. I'll happened, tell you what, but... I thought it was crazy when they went away from all that 11 personnel stuff, but yeah. this is really way beyond that. You really want to know who the real, the new Sean McVay, I'll tell you what. <laughs> that, they, that they're demanding the players shake hands seems really weird. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm the saying. The loss is they're 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 the Los Angeles herd immunities. Oh no! Oh. It happens. No, it's okay. We knew what you meant. Uh, two negative Stan tests. Cron- I was thinking. Stan Crosby says it's not real. What? <laughs> I was saying it's been really positive that they have right. it. <laughs> A lot of negative but- tests. But I got all like my words came out too fast. It was terrible. Um. Okay. So this is why I write. This is why I don't talk on TV. Um, okay. So you can't come in the facility without two <laughs> negative tests. Much better. Okay. Much better. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so we got there. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry. No, um, it, it was, we, we, it's hilarious. What you meant. <laughs> I'm glad the lighting's weird in here. Cause my face is really red right now. But, um, so the, they found that like the natural air currents, particularly in the the region that they're in kind of help uh, dissipate the air particles and whatever droplets might be in the air particles and all of that. Right. So that's part of the reason why they moved everything outside where they found being outside is safer. It's why you're seeing people allowed to eat outside at restaurants, but not inside those kinds of things. So um, they're doing that. And then, obviously guys get tested every single day. That's, I guess, going to happen continually through the first part of the season when um, the NFL was kind of going back and forth on whether they were going to do like, you know, every two days, um, every three days, weekly. um, But, but they, they're sticking with every single day right now. So, um, and then it's, it's like every, you just notice um, all of these changes in like the little details. So, um, you know, they don't have handles on anything. They have foot pedals. So you can use your foot to open like the Gatorade cooler, for example, instead That's of clever. Yeah. It was just like little details that I thought were really smart. They're like constantly out there wiping things down, sanitizing every surface that you could possibly come into contact with. Obviously we're not, there's no contact with us um, who are not getting uh, tested. Filthy, um, filthy media. So we're like, yes, <laughs> we're like shunned. Um <laughs> So, and then, but, but it's just, it's, I mean, and then everybody wears a mask and um, Sean McFay like tried out one of those like Andy Reid face shields and like decided against it real quick. So um, he's far too good looking to be covering up with a mask like that. Once once he realized it will fog up, he's like, oh. But like, wait, so is every team, what are the teams like, what is Buffalo going to do in November or December? Like they can't have everything be outside. So like, what do teams that can't have everything outside do? Yeah, some teams aren't doing that. Some teams are are indoors, but they're still distancing. And like, so the Rams wanted a space where they could all be together as a team. Um, other teams can't have that unless they're on Zoom. So like you look at the Chargers, for example, um, you'll notice like in Hard Knocks, um, when Anthony Lynn is addressing the entire team, it's always on Zoom. 
right? Well, the Rams are able to do that actually in person and Sean and Brandon Staley and Kevin O'Connell are allowed to kind of be up in front of the room in person because they have this massive tent, right? So all of their team meetings and then like defensive meetings, offensive meetings, anything larger than your specific position groups are able to be outside. And so um, okay. other, other teams can still do it inside. You just have to have your big meetings um, on Zoom, which um, is not like it's not that's not fun and it's not popular. I think they really wanted to be able to just engage them on a on a deeper level. Plus, they literally did not have the space inside to have big socially distant team meetings because of the, the way that those facilities are designed. Yeah, it's not, so, I mean, for people who don't know, have never been yeah. out there. The Rams facility is not massive like that. You know, no. it's, it's, yeah. it's sitting at Cal Lutheran. It's like buildings and stuff. It's like, there's nothing particularly huge about it. One suggestion, uh, LA Rams FC, um, <laughs> you got to do some shots. I think maybe they're thinking that Jordan already is. You got to do the show with some shots. It's Friday night. Not necessarily. Although we don't know what's in that cup she keeps drinking out of. Um, um, I am drinking my coffee. Really? This is coffee. Yeah. Guys, I'm in season. When it, who sleeps during the season? I'm on Sean McVay hours, man. That's true. I mean, I mean, well, I gave up on sleeping a long time ago. I'm not, I I I once you have one or more children, sleep becomes, you know, fairy it's, dust. It, it, it yeah, becomes a myth. It's, it's like a yeti. Like it's something that people talk about but doesn't really exist. So like the the team, like let's actually get <laughs> into what you are expecting with this team like they, they are in a rough division like this is a really hard division it may be the hardest division in the nfl uh we begin as always jared goff uh you've written a lot about his off season uh his golf season as it were mm -hmm. yeah yeah what wow. what's that been about and what are some of the things that in specifically they've been working on or like that they've been focusing on with him Yes. So thank you for the plug over at theathletic.com mm -hmm. where you can get a subscription for a dollar a month. We love now a that's discount. a plug. Yeah. That's we love, a plug. We love a good that's discount. That's true. Yes. That is a yeah. bargain. Yes. And so um, I wrote a lot about Jared Goff this offseason because I think that was the number one question people had was, is he going to be good this year um, or at least better than what he was? So um, he trained with 3DQB down in Huntington Beach. Um, Adam Dato, the former USC pitcher, um, he runs that company with Tom House, who like is this mechanics guru legend who worked with Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, works with all these young quarterbacks now, um, but the old guys still come back and, and visit him for mechanics work and things like that. Um, he, he's just worked with so many um, superstar quarterbacks and also importantly, quarterbacks who have been able to extend their career far past what we would think the norm would be for, um, you know, kind of your typical quarterback career. So Tom House and Adam Dato, they worked with um, Jared Goff all offseason. And, and what it was was like it was such a multifaceted sort of um, self-scout process. So he had to go back and watch himself and understand where he went wrong, first and foremost, um, on a deeper level than your weekly scouting, like watching your, your own game tape and things like that. So a lot of things he picked up on was like, okay, I can't operate well in chaos, which is, which means when your pocket breaks down um, and you're throwing what we call off schedule, um, then you can't operate well. Or he's saying to himself, okay, I'm seeing that I can't operate well. My mechanics are not sound when I'm doing that. I'm not making sound decisions when I'm doing that. Okay. And so then the other thing that they do is they go and they talk to like your teammates and your coaches 
Yeah. And then it's like, and they tell them like, okay, don't hold back. Right. And so in some parts like Jared, um, you know, Jared's not really one to have an ego. So it was, I, I would think that would be a really interesting process because you really, to hear those kinds of things, he did not, he didn't have a very sound mechanically sound season last year. So to sort of hear the types of things that maybe teammates had issues with in live action um, and that coaches wanted him to work on. And then to be like, okay, this is my like notebook of, of grievances, not, not to sound dramatic because it's all constructive. Right. It wasn't like an but, intervention. Right. No, it's, not like, <laughs> it's like every player Jared. on the roster gets their own Festivus. Yeah. He's like, Jared, we, we need to talk, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't like that. No. And it's, it's all constructive because it builds toward, okay, if it's not just me seeing this, it's other people who I need to command their attention. I need to be a presence that can lead, that can lead. So I need to understand where they're seeing kind of the disconnect happening and then fix it. And so that's a part of it. The nutritionist, that's another part of it. So he, he got a dietitian um, and he brought that person in for the first time in his career is, is on a nutrition plan. And so not only all of these things are happening. What is it uh, really quickly? Like, or what know, do you know it changed anything? I don't, I don't know. I mean, he makes, when we ask him, like, he kind of like jokes it off a little bit. So I think it's one of those situations where he's just, he's not going to tell us. You know, I remember it was like a big thing back in Carolina when Cam went pescatarian and then he went vegan. I don't think it's anything like that here. Um, but I, I really don't know what it is. And so that's, uh, I mean, what, was he eating well, I mean, so bad before no, that like no, they have it's, to it's really like, keep it um, secret? What I think of it, what I would, um, and I, I say this to Rich all the time, it's like educated speculation where you know more than like, you know, you know what's going on, but you can't really say exactly what's going on. Um, you know, it's, it's how can I use the food that I eat to maximize my energy and maximize my efficiency in certain ways? So it's not like, um, Jared Goff's only drinking smoothies during the season. You know, it's like it's like Jer Jared Goff's a juicer now. Like, do, do it's not know, like that. Do you know that he's not only drinking smoothies during the season? Definitively, <laughs> yes. I know that he's not only drinking smoothies during the season. You've been around, like you. I mean, you covered Cam Newton. For, it's like yeah. Cam Newton is a physical specimen. Like he is. He looks like he's from another planet. There are guys. Who there's nobody the else. Yeah. Right, who Nobody look like Jared Goff, other than being tall, does not look like he's from another planet. He looks, he's got a little dad bod kind of, <laughs> like he is not imposing in that way. So I would, my guess would be, it would be the kind of thing, like, what can I do to, you know, maximize my, my build, whatever, build strength, build, whatever it is, because it's not like you're, I don't know, injury prevention, he's too young to be worrying about, you know, how can I take off weight to, to, to prolong my career or whatever it is, at least you would think. So like, I don't know, fill out, dude. That's sort of what I'm thinking. Well, I, it's, but, but no, I mean, I'm not to sound harsh, but no, I mean, like that's. No, 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 be harsh. Be, especially with no, Brian, be harsh. You are wrong. No. Super harsh. No, um, no, really what it is, is there's no, there's no like, okay, I need to get jacked and then people will listen to me better. Like there's not, there's not anything like that, you know, like it's, it's really like, how can I maximize the, it, what my body is taking in, how can I use every single molecule of that to better perform and be more efficient with my energy? Right. That's, that's kind of that's what I'm exactly getting at. That's exactly what it is. No, yeah. That's no, what I'm getting it. at. As, no, you know, just because he's not, no, it is because he's <laughs> no, not, 
Shut up, Andy. No, <laughs> it's not what you were getting at. No, what, I'm, what I mean by that is like he he's said, not one of these guys said, who is like come this on, man. Get incredible. Some meat on your but like he's not like you. maximizing his stuff. In part, I think means taking a a physical structure him, which isn't the same as some of these other guys, you know, in the in the league who are just. Physically, yeah, probably in fairness more to Brian Jordan, I, I'm guessing you've yet to see Goff shirtless. It's not impressive. <laughs> like, if I'm being honest, like, like <laughs> as compared to like Aaron Donald, where you're like, Jesus, like, good lord, man. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, that that's a ripped dude. Like, that's somebody, you know, because I don't know what type of locker room access, anything like that. Like you know, we we were in we were in. They you know, they, see, they should make them walk through the tent like that, just so you can understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're getting off track. We're getting a little off track here. So let sure. me just say, he's not trying to get ripped. He's not trying to get cut or whatever. Like he's not. You're not going to see him down on like Venice Beach or anything like that. Right? <laughs> like what it is, what it is, is he's literally trying to he's I know that you say that like it's not time for him to start thinking about elongating and, and extending his career and protecting think about how many times this guy has thrown the football I mean it really is time for him to start thinking about I mean, especially how to, golf, and, golf and, and you, to hit a lot a lot. Of, there's so yeah. many studies now and they do a lot of work with this over at 3d QB is there's so many studies in terms of how nutrition can um, help you better heal how you can um, better recover via nutrition there's so many different things now that are out there about especially like specific portion control, different types of macronutrients, things like that, that you can study to figure out how you can best not only maximize your performance on the field, but also how you recover after that, how your muscle fibers and tissues repair themselves after strain and duress. So, okay, skipping past that part. Okay. I, I feel like I haven't covered myself in glory in the explaining what I mean category. But go ahead. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you no, I'm, no, I'm, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. I'm just saying. I just, I, I, this was not my best effort. <laughs> this is an interesting question, though, from uh, LA Rams FC. Goff dropped weight to be more mobile. Do you picture him running more or that becoming a thing? Because he's not a great runner by the definition of running. Yeah, it's a good question. So the thing is, is I don't picture him running more because it's designed that way. I picture him running out of necessity. Sure. Um, and and that's the other thing I wanted to get to that's really important about the work he did in the offseason, which in part, he wanted to lean out a little bit because you can better add foot speed that way. It's really hard to add foot speed if you're just not gifted at all in that way. And no, his, so, his rookie yeah. year, I remember watching him going like, has he ever run? Like, I don't mean <laughs> as a quarterback. I mean, like, literally, like has Jared Goff ever run it's in like my, my oldest, my 10-year-old, when he first like started playing <laughs> soccer, used to run like a person who watched somebody running on TV and was doing an impression of that person. Uh, so we got that impression with Goff. It's like Phoebe and Friends. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's not running. This is running. Yeah, I mean, Goff was one of the most awkward runners I'd ever seen. Like, yeah. and, and he's gotten better. But yeah. like, what you, what you're getting to, and, and this all I assume relates back to the idea of what you have to do when plays break down, yeah. and try to and try to become more effective if that line isn't providing that type of protection. Yeah. So the really big tell this this off season was that they immediately started his off season training 
with the assumption, not the, not the possibility, but the assumption that he would be operating in near constant chaos. Um, that's a really big tell. And so for him, there are certain mechanics that come with throwing on the run. There are mechanics that are specific that come with um, throwing off your back foot, throwing off your front foot. Um, what they found was in, in the past when he would be throwing, and this goes back to protecting the body and, and especially protecting the shoulder, um, they found okay, that yeah, when- I was wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to protect himself, okay. You can, tell, you can tell the fantasy football story just to get me back a little bit if you want to, but- um, only, so, if you're, only if Cam Akers sucks do I have to tell that story. If not, <laughs> you're in great shape. Um, so they found that um, he was relying a little too much on his arm just by itself in, in those situations. And that puts a lot of unnecessary strain on the joints within the shoulder, right? If you're just huh. relying on the arm in those situations. So there are specific mechanics that can not only make you more efficient when you're operating off schedule like that. And when you're operating on the run, going back to my guy's question here is like, you know, when you're, when you're operating on the run, which you have, they understood he was just going to be doing. So he did add foot speed. He did lean out a little bit. Allegedly. Um, he looks better than I saw on tape from him working on the run again. Like he's, he's couldn't be hit for the last several weeks. So I don't know for sure until Sunday, what he looks like, but he looks better to me. And so that all of that kind of works together in not only operating um, off schedule and in chaos, but also like we talked about the nutrition, um, the, the different mechanics when you are off schedule, when you are working to not sort of overcompensate for that chaos, just with your arm strength that had carried him before. Um, and then recognizing that he already spent a season doing that. So you mm -hmm. have to now correct um, all of those things went into his off-season training schedule. So now it's all putting it together. At first, it was continuation with Kevin O'Connell with all of that work. Um, and Kevin O'Connell did have input this off-season as, as well. Um, and then continuing that and then continuing those those good habits and then making sure that you're, um, you know, doing what you need to do when you need to do it. How, how much time he has to spend uh, playing off schedule, I would think, is at least somewhat related to how good the offensive line is in front of him. How confident are they that group holds up? Um, well, if you ask any of them, they'll tell you they're confident. But personally, I... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you th they might lie to you? No, come yeah. on. No, you know, I think um, it's really tough because you're not only in an unprecedented situation where like nobody got live reps with each other through the spring. So you've got the biggest guys on the roster essentially coming off their couches to training camp. And then you can't even fully physically hit people yet or fully physically go against each other yet until maybe like one or two practices in the last week. So they're missing something like, you know, a thousand reps, right, Oof. that they normally would have gotten, right? And that's all conditioning and it's all preparation. Not only that, but they have two starters who are coming off season-ending injuries in left guard Jeno Boom and right guard Rob Havenstein. And, like, that getting – not only getting back into football mode after that, and both were knees – so not only getting back into football mode after that, but also there's so much unspoken – language and communication that happens along the offensive line and so much adjusting to the quarterback without being able to see him um, and so much adjusting to the the different running backs they're going to be using without being able to put 
both eyes on them. You have to feel them instead. And so it, there's just so many intricacies that happen. So on its own, you have guys, if you don't have guys who are coming back from season ending injuries on its own, I'd be worried, right. About any offensive line in the league, not just the Rams, because you factor in the Rams not being good last year in terms of their protection and their ability to keep space open and safe. Um, and then you factor in the injuries. Um, no, I, I mean, I just, I really, and it could come along about mid-season. If these guys stay healthy, they could be a very good group about mid-season. They were better in the second half. Yeah. That's like, sort as, of what happened they, last year. Yeah. Right, as they just yeah. started getting more of the same guys. Because yeah. the, the first half, it was just patchwork. Yeah. They kept having different guys going in and out. And that's what they did. The smart thing that they did at camp this year was they picked their five guys and they just stuck with them. Like they didn't waste their time because it could have been a bunch of different guys, especially at those guard positions and then maybe even at center. That's but, interesting. Yeah, but they picked five and they just ran them through camp with the first team. So you, 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 you just sort of drop. I mean, I don't want to say the pretense because the, it often is an open competition. But for something right. like this, from practical standpoints, like, look, yeah. we, don't have, we don't have time we don't to do time. that. Yeah. This is who we think are the best five. This is who we're running with. Yeah. And it's just like you have to get those reps. And so they were just like, we can't, we don't have time to waste on a, on a competition. It's the same reason. And we're going to go back to Cam Akers now. It's the same reason why you saw Cam Akers taking more snaps in training camp than Malcolm Brown or Darrell Henderson before Darrell got hurt. It wasn't because, oh, Cam Akers is getting the most snaps. Like he's going to, he's going to be the, the number one guy, which I do still think he will be by the end of the Better, season. Better again, but, I texted you about this. But the point was, was like, it wasn't about, marking his territory as the number one guy it was you got to onboard this kid like somehow you have to get these these guys the reps that they need um these offensive linemen these receivers who are young the running backs you have to get everybody the reps that they need um otherwise they're just not going to be ready and it's no there's no more important position to do that than on the offensive line and that's for the rams because they need, in theory at least, I mean, some people think Malcolm Brown is better than others. I mean, he's played pretty well when he's had a chance. But the Rams replaced, in some ways, Brandon Cooks with Van Jefferson. They replaced Todd Gurley with Cam Akers. These are significant players on good teams um, where rookies are – like how much do they expect slash need the two early drafted rookies to perform this year for the offense to bounce back to where it was a couple years ago? Yeah, I think expect and need are actually matched here because um, they came in, they really liked their draft class. And that's the other thing is that Les Snead, um, he's not the contract guy, he's the draft guy, right? And because of the situation that they're put in with their contracts, and now especially with Jalen Ramsey's deal and then an incoming Cooper Cup deal, um, they are going to have to absolutely nail Mm -hmm. rounds if they have a first round which who knows when the next time they're gonna have one right but like the, they absolutely have to nail rounds two through five if not two through six and seven right so they absolutely have to nail those rounds in the draft and then develop those guys get as much out of them as they can not only right away as rookies but also develop them into guys who will consistently start and be featured players for them so they don't have to pay them, right? So then with Cam Akers and Van Jefferson, um, these guys like very much live up to the hype. I mean, they just do. They've Van, been good. They're, they're like Van Jefferson and I, you know, 
I covered Christian McCaffrey all through college. I covered Christian McCaffrey the first time he stepped on an NFL field, and I covered him all the way up until he got his massive contract. I have not seen a rookie come in as prepared for the NFL as Van Jefferson is. Wow. Except for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. He's like, he lives up to the hype and he's going to, he's going to get worked in. He, I don't think he's a replacement for Brandon cooks. Cause what they were doing with Brandon was like, a lot yeah. of I, I was going to say, yeah, which I get, I got your point with that too, by the way. I didn't, I'm I know. Not, okay. Can we, thank you for speaking, sort of <laughs> shepherding me along because clearly we've established I'm not good at explaining things. <laughs> I'm not going to yell at you this time, but, but, but I, I really think I'm like, trying to I'm body like, shame. <laughs> I won't yell at you this time. I promise. Um, no, but it's, it's really, it's pretty remarkable. It really is. And everybody in that locker room knows it. I mean, you've got Jalen Ramsey pulling him aside for extra tutorials after matchups and Jalen Ramsey, who will never ever admit that he got beat by anyone in his life. Just very forward with the fact that van has gotten him multiple times in practice like it's it's really really going to be interesting to see that guy's career take off and and so it's something where um you know now I'm of course getting off on a tangent because I'm excited but like it's it's really they they expected these guys to come in prepared Cam Akers because of the nature of his position it's going to be a little tougher I think um he's going to have a lot of contact early on and so he'll kind of I think be um you know, I think he'll do the work and the sort of the ground and pound work, and then he'll start to pull away in that regard, like middle to latter half the season. I think you're going to see Van Jefferson as early as, as this weekend. You'll definitely see him in the next couple of weeks. Wow. When you play the Buffalo Bills, who have not played a single snap of dime since Sean McDermott took over, you're going to see Van Jefferson, like a lot. Yeah, it's interesting though. Like I remember when they drafted Van Jefferson. You know, I, I read up on scouting reports, stuff like that on him because I'm I'm not a college football expert by any stretch. And it's everything though that I read or heard about him was that he's more like a Robert Woods or a Cooper Cup than he is, you know, like a field stretcher. You know, like a he's not directly like as you were saying, replacing Brandon Cooks or even Sammy Watkins before him. And the Rams seem like they're going into this season without one of those established guys, like a guy who does that, which on one hand, you, you worry if they'll miss someone like that. But then I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? The receivers that Jared Goff has worked with best are guys like Robert Woods, mm -hmm. Cooper Cup. I think Josh Reynolds is more like those guys than anybody that's left. And maybe the key is just put as many different catchers on the field, pass catchers on the field, who are as much like the guys that Goff thrives with. For for whatever reason, you know, if a field stretcher isn't really thriving with Goff, there's no reason to put a guy out there and then create the expectation of what do you do with him? Mm -hmm. You know, and like, you know, Brandon Cooks last year, really, he didn't make much of an impact. I mean, to be totally honest, and, you know, he was better his first year with the Rams, but the second year didn't amount to much, and Sammy Watkins was a bust with the Rams. And I'm not saying it's on Sammy Watkins. I'm just saying right. these type of guys haven't seemed to thrive with golf for whatever reason. So it seemed like with Jefferson, instead of trying to force one of those guys to thrive with golf, just give him more of what works. Yeah, the the way that – and two, the way that Sean McVay designs his offense um, – he creates so many different layers and like windows of catchable space 
within these layers. Um, and, and a lot of it, like, sure, you want to be able to take the top off a defense a couple of times a game, right? Statistically, such a low probability success rate in the first place. It's like a 49% success rate in the first place. And then you're only going to run it maybe twice a game. So now you're down to, you know, I'm terrible at math, but now you're down to like what, 20, 22% where you're actually overall. Carry carry one. Uh, one. He's like, there you go. You can make up some ground here, Brian. There you go. (laughs) Not with math. No. All right. Well, Jordan, it's great having you. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a, but it's such a low probability play that you, you can have, you can basically have a gadget guy, uh, you know, you could send Josh Reynolds deep a couple of times a game. You could send the symbol Webster who's got that top end speed. You could send him deep a couple of times a game and you could stretch in that way where your money is being made. Uh, very pun intended here is like you, he creates these windows of catchable space in all of these various layers in the middle of the field. And he does that with tight ends. And he does that with receivers who are very much in the mold of Robert Woods, Cooper cup, yeah. Jefferson, very technical, like you said, the technician types. And Jared Goff has the ability to get the ball to them when he has time, time. to throw. Time. Yeah, yes. because then he can he can sort of uh, gauge what that catchable window is going to be, right? And so this that, I think, is such a great point because it, it really is. You have given now him other than your um, – <laughs> that's funny. You've given him now – in. in outside of the offensive line, you've given him so many tools that like help him thrive. And so like we started it out, it all comes back to Jared, obviously, but with, with Van and with these receivers, like, I think you're spot on with that. You really, you, you, you have to work with what is working for you. Um, somebody asked the question, cause we spent a lot of time talking about golf and here we go, uh, golf and the, and the quarterback situation and all that. You flip to the other side of the ball where the Rams have a lot of big names, just spent a ton of money on Jalen Ramsey. Um, and, you know, the secondary, they have some really good players in the secondary. And I, I love John Johnson. I think he's, first of all, he's just a great guy and a really entertaining person, but he's a really good football player. Taylor Rapp is Rapp a looks like he's going to be really good and all that. And then any defensive line unit that has Aaron Donald in it is going to be good. This is the question that everybody has. Ramsey's a great is asking the same thing. How confident are you in the linebacking? Because there's the group up front and there's the group in the end. The group in the middle is like a gigantic, gigantic question mark. Yeah. So the first thing before I get into like some of the fun technical stuff, but the first thing is that Micah Kaiser could flat out play some football. So he is the one remaining like sure thing in the middle of the field right now right so Traven Howard obviously went out with with the meniscus injuries out for the season right now it's looking like the starters are going to be Micah Kaiser and then a rotation of like Troy Reader and Kenny Young and then that's all they have on death chart technically because the guy they brought in Justin Hollins is going to give them edge depth with Terrell Lewis out and he can shade inside if he has to um but he's still a work in progress in that regard right but might seem like a lot of people. No, it's certainly not. But but there's a couple of reasons for that, actually. And this is like one of the most fun things. Um, if it works, it could be like one of the most fun things ever. Right. So first of all, in Brandon Staley, the new defensive coordinator, he has some of his schemes are are sort of an homage and it's a copycat league. So you're borrowing things from everybody sort of an homage to what Vic Fangio likes to do with his defenses. And those schemes, 
off-ball linebacker, which is that middle position, is the least, quote-unquote, least valuable statistically, analytically position huh. on the defense. It's all about Russian coverage complement. Right. Th and that's unusual. Just correct. Like, well, in a, or it atypical, it's, it's, it's not super atypical in a, in a three, in like a three, four in your standard three, four, but it's, okay. it's a typical when you see like your really traditionalist, like a four, three ground okay. and pound, okay. big, big guys in the middle, fast guys on the edge, Luke Keekley in the back. You know what I mean? Like you, it's, sure. it's atypical in terms of that, but, but it's technically, your quote unquote least valuable. It's one of the reasons why they weren't willing to pay Corey Littleton the money that, that he was wanting um, because analytically speaking, it didn't match up to what the value on the position is in their defense. Right? So what they're going to do now is yes, those linebackers are going to have to play their butts off. And I do believe in Micah Kaiser. I think he can just flat out play football, but you know, obviously the lack of depth there is a concern. Well, what they're going to start to do, I think, um, if I'm educatedly speculating, nice. um, I think that they're going to play a lot, of, a lot more nickel than you're used to seeing out of them. And they're going to rotate that nickel to where it could be Troy Hill, who's a little bit smaller in stature. It could be Troy Hill one minute, and then he could rotate in with a bigger bodied safety. Uh, Jordan Fuller and Terrell Burgess were two guys, the rookies, who are really thriving in that role. They're also going to probably play their safeties closer to the line of scrimmage. And specifically, they might have John Johnson just like live there um, because he's just a really, really physical, physical football player. And they're going to be really aggressive with how they move their safeties around. And then they're going to have extra defensive backs on the field. And so if you have extra DBs on the field in that regard, you can absolutely cover up for a lack of experience at inside linebacker. And especially if, you know, you have a Jalen Ramsey. So normally if you're playing a lot of nickel packages and you have sort of these smaller bodied nickels who are in, um, you worry about the George Kittles, you worry about the Greg Olsons, right? Well, you will probably see Jalen Ramsey covering George Kittle this year in the slot. Wow. And I think that's so freaking fun, you guys. Like that is yeah. cool. That is, I think that is so freaking cool, right? Because think about like think about the like just just that's just an epic battle. Can like, we talk for a second here just about how excited you get about football and how cool that I is? Because love it's half the reason why I wanted to come out here was because these guys freaking love football and I freaking love football. And I because just not not everybody. It, it, dirty little secret in sports media: not everybody loves the sport that they cover. <laughs> you love football, and that, that's why we like having you on because you love talking about football and you're good at it, and you can teach us things about what's happening with this team, which I appreciate. Anyway, carry on. I just thought that was really cool. No, I love hearing that. That's actually the first time I heard that was in Carolina. I was in the locker room and I was Kurt Coleman, who's now going to be an analyst there. He was a great safety for them. He's going to be an, a field analyst there for them this year. And I was asking him to teach me a little bit more about diagnosing coverages and then how, once you do that, how you position your body. And like I was really getting into it. Right. And this is why I miss locker room situations. Cause I, I really like to learn and half the, half the stuff I do, excuse me, I almost <laughs> said a word, but half the stuff that I, half the stuff that I do, half the stuff that I do in the locker room is, is me learning. I like to learn stuff on backgrounds that I'm better when I write. So I can, I can be more educated with what I share with the reader. Well, I was learning about diagnosing certain things with certain coverages with Kurt Coleman. And I'm like, 
in like a, I'm like ready to like shade a receiver. <laughs> and he pulls back and he was like, you really love football, don't you? And I was like, I love football. You know, I was like really uh, very Sean McVay-esque, right? So that's part of the reason why I wanted to come out here is because I was like, these dudes really love football and they could probably teach me some things. So, um, but I got off topic. But yeah, yeah. so I think that's See? how they're going to, I think that's how they're going to. Um, thank you, Sir Showboat. I appreciate that. Well, then, uh, here's another, I mean, you want a big compliment. Uh, you're like the Momo, uh, Ramona Shelver in a football. That's, that's a big compliment um, right there. I love her so much. I might, yeah, now I'm getting all red again. So thank God the lighting's bad in my apartment, but, um, but that's, yeah, that, getting that's back to my furniture, which is cool. <laughs> I do. Um, that's how they're going to help fix their linebacker situation. Long story short. A couple things we need to do before we let you go, because we're running uh, at the end of the hour and you've got a football game to cover this weekend. Um, <laughs> although you've been drinking coffee, so you already said you're not going to sleep. We, Whenever we have Jordan Rodriguez, that means <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have to have the obligatory photo of Jordan's dog. Oh, so, there's Tucker. Hi, Tucker. You're cute. It, yeah, this this looks like a face of somebody who wants a treat. I know. They He's definitely actually, want a treat. He's over on the couch. He's like staring at me right now. Is Tucker Aww. settled in now? Like, does Tucker feel like this is home? I think he thinks he he actually literally owns the house. Like, I think he thinks he owns it. Well, the so animals do. I mean, we, yeah. we have a dog and a cat in our place, and they absolutely run it. I mean, yeah. like, it, it's their place, and there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's oh, the dog. I was hoping you'd pull the picture out. Yeah, that, that's her uh, That's her blue steel uh, photo right there, her <laughs> modeling, her modeling she just, shot. She just came back from a training run. I mean, look, look, look at her. Can she play left guard? <laughs> no. I mean, we're not turning they this into like a they could be They look like they could be friends. I feel like they, they would be friends. They yeah. could be friends. How, well, how big is Tucker? Tucker's about 40 pounds. Matilly sometimes gets nervous around big dogs. Tucker's she, very like, I'll let you have your own space if you need it with other dogs. Okay. So, All yeah. right. Okay, because yeah. uh, sometimes because his owner is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Matilda gets a little bit dicey with uh, with larger dogs, so we'll see. But maybe we can get them together at some point once this pandemic. <laughs> if ends. Tucker could talk, he'd be like, "Please stop telling me about the cover too. I get it. I know, Tucker. Like, um, Tucker all right, so like, I that thinking about this team. <laughs> uh, how I mean, I, 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 before we go, how good do you think they are going to be? Oh, that was, that was part of my rapid fire questions. Ooh, we'll okay. We'll go, here. Yeah. we'll go. Okay. So right. I well, no, think, you answer this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I still stick with my previous statement. I think they're going to be nine and seven, but I think they're going to snatch one of these new playoff spots. And then I think they're going to make a run in the playoffs. And I think, you know, Sean McVay can coach his ass off. I think that they'll be getting better and more cohesive by that point in the season up front. If they can stay healthy and I think that's that's a good surge to be able to make. Even if you have like a so-so um, little bit over 500 record near the end of the season, if you're surging at that time, which I think they very well could be, especially with all these young guys on this team that could develop into really special players, you could very much make a late surge at the end of the season and then make a playoff run. Um, this division's okay. hard. Yeah, so it cannibalizes itself it's insane yeah for sure yeah. um so we'll do a couple of these and by the way this is another really nice compliment from frank a compliment from frank Fridal. best reported to cover the team since our return to la i would like to point out that andy and i set the bar very low by putting <laughs> a couple articles ourselves uh so you're welcome um all right rapid fire questions you met answer the first one rams finished nine and seven where is that in the division 
Oh, that's tough. A third. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, Better. Oh, go ahead. Nobody yell at me because I think it's okay, even if they do finish third, because I I do think they're going to get at least a wild. You know, I think they'll get the wild. Yeah. Uh, Better season, Cam or Tom? Cam, are you kidding me? Tom's washed. Cam Newton is going to have a great season. He's playing pissed off. He is like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be fun, guys. This is going to be really fun. Plus, as we've discussed before, Tom is Tom Brady has been so arrogant in his touchdown in Tampa, like running around like he owns the place. You know, it's, no respect for the COVID rules. You know, no respect for anything going on in that city. Like, you know, get like get over yourself. I think it's so telling, too, like – they gave him so they're, they're giving him so much help over there. Like it's, it's his Walker. It's like the Walker with the tennis balls on the bottom. Like, no, this I'm, is I'm, what I'm, you really need all these guys, Tom. Really? Well, I, really I, I, I'm really hoping that, uh, he really, really needs Chris Godwin. Like, I, love, yes, I, really love, needs. I love, I love that you're referring to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as a Walker with tennis. No, balls but like, the I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. you're right. But like, I'm just saying that is awesome. Yeah. Those guys are great. I want the best for those guys. I just don't think Tom Brady's going to have a good season. Uh, unexpected, un, unex, like uh, unexpected surprise on the Rams this year. In terms of players, is what I meant by that. Oh, unexpected! I think I just spoiled the surprise on Van Jefferson. Yeah. Um, unexpected surprise. He can be Van Jefferson. Well, but I think now we're kind of expecting him. I was going to say something about Aaron Donald against the run, but that was like kind of a sensitive topic on on Twitter the other day. But we could go with Van Jefferson. Okay. Yeah, but I also appreciate yeah. after the again after the beginning of the show, and it's like let's correct Brian. I'm I'm surprised nobody said all of surprises are unexpected, Brian. Um, so <laughs> yourself, own yourself like that. Well, just cause you know, you had us, you had us. <laughs> I did. It's, I should have let it, it go. True. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl winner. Oh, I think the chiefs are going to repeat. That's kind of neat. It's spicy. Andy? I know. I, I mean, you? no, no, no. I, uh, that's, okay. yeah. I, it would be interesting. I mean, that rarely happens in the NFL. I know. Like, yeah. But I, back, think he, but I think this is the team to do it though. Yeah. Uh, they looked pretty yeah. damn good yesterday. I know. They looked really, really good. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire, my guy, first round pick. Not that anybody cares, but he was great. That I guy saw, looked really good. I saw this great tweet and I want to get you guys' opinion on this. If you could sing, Clyde Edwards Hilaire's name to the court to the same tune of the chorus of any song. What would you sing it to? Oh boy, that's isn't that hard. great? I sat on that for a while today. I was Did like, you come oh, up with anything? No, because I wanted to hear what you guys had to say. That's tough off the top of your head, isn't it? Though, but it was so fun. At eleven oh six. I know, uh, but this is me on. I I had some coffee, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really, you really like at the beginning of the show. You're like, guys, I'm kind of dragging a little bit here. It's been a long week. Now you're you finished your cup, and you're like, let's do this. Here I know, go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. What about like, like to uh, Valare? Could you like Hilare? You I can't fit the whole Clyde it's not Edwards. For rhyming. It. It's just the tune. It's like not rhyming. It's just right. the tune. So oh, it's like Lare. Had, whoa. Like like Elton, like you could do some tiny dancer, like 
Clyde Hilare. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you could do some tiny dances. Now, is it Hilare or Hilar? Because I have to think about this for. We, I think you could team. do a little bit of a vowel tweak if you want to. Well, again, if you're role. putting it to Volare, then you can just Hilare in there. Also, too, the Rams kicker that they cut. Uh, which, like, how did you ever, how did you pronounce that? I never got a chance to learn. Uh, Hyrulehu. Oh man, that was a yeah. mistake. They should have kept him. I know. And I just, everyone would be like, what? And I'd say, yeah, hula hoop. That's what I said. Hyrulehulaluya. <laughs> <laughs> like game winning yeah. kick. Like they, like, they should have kept that guy. Did you guys know there was someone My in, favorite. Sorry, but someone in the CFL made a song off of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, and they made a song and sang this song, and it's on YouTube. It's Hallelujah, based on Hyrulu's name, and montage of him kicking. <laughs> yeah, again, I, I don't know if, you know, Sam or the new guy or whatever he is, is any good. I don't particularly care. I wanted them to keep the kicker with the cooler name. That I think that was a that. horrible mistake. God bless. Well, I mean, the 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 kicker that they kept, he's got an unusual name, right? Samuel. Yeah. Sam, what, Samuel. What's his last name? What's his it's last like, name? It's like Slocum or something. Slowman. Right? Slowman. Yeah. yeah. Samuel Slowman. How is that an unusual name? I just think. I think I thought it was something different. <laughs> I think that's what. Right he I looks think. pretty fast to me, guys. I don't know. All right. Well, I, I see I what you did there, Jordan. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be an interesting season. It's going to be a really – I mean, just the NFL, the Rams, like trying to make all of this happen. You know, as you said, uh, it could be tentative at best, tenuous at best. So we'll see how this goes. I mean, the, the, NBA, the NBA sort of like laid down the trump card in terms of like, okay, you guys want to, you guys want to make a season work. This is how you make a season really work without a hitch. It's hard as hell and restrictive. But I mean, you know, the, the NBA has had barely any hiccups. The worst thing that's happened has been Daniel House, and they just kicked him out. <laughs> I, I I mean, boy, that can't guy screwed a, up. Can't a man find love inside of a bubble without getting okay, well, by everyone? When, when the love doesn't involve your wife, the answer is <laughs> oh. no. Oh, no, he's, no, mar he's married? So yes, he is. Yeah, his wife oh. tweeted today. He's married. She, That's problematic. His wife problematic. put something on Instagram today. I I saw. I was I was scrolling oh. through and I saw it. She knows. Yeah. yeah. You know the oh, strategy that's to that terrible. Though, was interesting. He was like, "Okay, so the call is coming from inside the house." Kind of situation. <laughs> <So>. That. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, I mean, I do not condone cheating on your wife under any circumstances, no. but just tactically trying to do it inside the bubble is a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really, really poorly thought out uh, yeah. as a plan. That I didn't know he was married. I just assumed that somebody asked me that tonight, and I was like, "Oh, no, I don't think so." Oh, wow! No, he is. That is. He was but really bad. He is really, really bad. Yeah. Um, all right, Jordan. Well, that's a sad note to end. <laughs> I know. Who brought this up? Wait, hold on. Let's we well, let's not do it there. The we, we're running up. a little over. We'll put the dogs back up. That's yeah. exactly right. We'll put there the dog go. pictures. We'll end on pictures of dogs um, because everyone likes that. Actually, have you ever seen this photo? Look at that. Look at that hair. Who look is that? This is, that was look, me. This is what he is now. This is then. <laughs> oh god. This is Jordan, now. That was such good hair. <laughs> Shampoo then. ad. Oh my god. I'm about, I'm about yeah. 25 or 26 there, and mm -hmm. uh, a friend a friend of mine actually she actually curled my hair. Before that photo, like it was long, it was always long, but she actually decided to curl it 
Um, I think we've been drinking. Yeah. Uh, but look but at you, that. I mean, but you decided that. on that face all by yourself, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I was in the middle of rocking. <laughs> face of a man intensely, deeply invested in his music. Yeah. In, you know, in his sound. I was, I was at sound one back then. I was at one with my bass there, Jordan. Oh, okay. I was trying to play one of like the three songs I knew how. I was, I was really bad. Um, all right. So we will we will do this again during the season, um, and especially if Cam Akers is either overperforming or underperforming the draft position uh, that you recommended um, for him. But we will definitely have you back. Jordan Rodriguez covers the Rams in the NFL for the Athletic. She is. Uh, we are very, 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 very lucky lucky to have her in town um, doing all this because she does great work. Very excited. Like you really are good at this. We're happy. Thank you. Happy to have you. You guys are, you yes, guys are good at this, so thank you. <laughs> Whatever this is, <laughs> you guys are really good at it. You guys are good at like this, all of this, this thing called life. You guys right. are good. Oh. At it. All right, good talk, Jordan. Um, coming up next week, we got a lot of you. Know, you can stay for this part if you want, where we promote next week, or you can hang out. Whatever you want to do, it's fine with us. Um, but you can stay. Uh, coming up next week, great slate of guests. Monday, Dave Schilling is going to join us. Tuesday, Keith Knight, who is the creator of um, Whoa, the new Whoa, show on Hulu, the new show on Hulu, which is getting some great write-ups. Jeff Perlman, a uh, great author, has got a new book about the Lakers, uh, the three-peat Lakers coming up. Uh, Tanya Ganguly covers the Lakers on Thursday, and Vinny Bonsignor on the Raiders and the NFL on Friday. Yeah, Jordan's going to tune in on Friday. <laughs> oh, yay. I'll send comments. Vinny's the yay. Best. All right. I'm a big Dave Schilling fan, too, by the way. I follow Dave is him awesome. Yeah, He's so yeah. funny. I'm a big He's fan. I need, I need his advice on how to dress better, too, because I'm Dave is a dapper like, man. If yeah. you would like to come on on Monday, I bet Dave would help you. Yeah, because I, I really need help. So it's like, right. you, if you want to join in on I Monday, we'll, we'll do it. We, I, we will do that. For I you. think the platform will have us. Uh, oh, yeah, we can have up to 10 people. All right. Well, I mean, if you want to come uh, back, come back. I'll, I'll send comments. I don't want to invade the space. The Kamenetsky brothers, Dave Schilling, and Jordan, and six of her worst dressed friends can all join <laughs> us on the show. The Athletics' worst dressed beat writer, Jordan Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've I've seen, no disrespect to Rich. I've seen Rich wear the same. Rich, Rich has three shirts, and then all like they're all black. <laughs> so don't beat yourself up about that. Thank you again for giving us the time. This was awesome. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys.